We're on a mission from God. Wendy? So I got that going. Darling? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Light of my life. We enjoy your films. I am a human being. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Welcome to Vintage Video, where we'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time. And by real time, I mean as they turn 40. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. I'm Jesse Bayless. And I'm Richard Wells. And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of Fatso on February 1st, 1980. It was written and directed by Anne Bancroft and released by 20th Century Fox. This is Anne Bancroft's first and only writing and directing um, it was originally developed as a short film. Apparently, Anne Bancroft was a student at AFI and was a part of their uh, directing workshop. And so it was going to be a short, but she wrote the whole script um, to do it as a feature. Did she write um, the short? She wrote the short, but ended up writing a full-length thing out of it. Um, Did she make a short? I don't think they ever produced a short, no. Hmm. Um, at the time of filming, Bancroft was one of ten working female directors in the U.S., uh, the DP on this film was also the first female DP to work on a theatrically released studio film. Um, and it was the first film produced by Mel Brooks's company, Brooks Films, which obviously she was married to Mel Brooks at the time. There's also the regulars of Mel Brooks. Yeah, there's a, there's a few the people. Film. This is the first producer credit for Stuart Kornfeld, who comes back to produce another Brooks film in 1980, The Elephant Man. Um, Saul Sammartino, the film's prop master, prepared all the food that was made on set. He collected authentic Italian recipes from the families of the entire cast. Hmm. And that was how they decided what they were going to be eating. That's an interesting tidbit. Yeah. It did make me want to eat the food. It did. Some of it looked pretty good. I could vouch for that. I was like, I want a big hunk of lasagna. Especially when he's in that cake shop. That was when I was like, I want to eat some of these right now. I feel like her hand as a female director is evident in the very first shot, which is of a baby breastfeeding, which I feel like at the time probably wasn't something that you saw very often in film. Yeah. Happening like head on in center of frame. Yeah, totally. I mean, the only only thing I don't like about that moment, like I'm okay that they included it, but I don't like the implication that... Breastfeeding is bad. Breastfeeding is bad or you're spoiling your child. I mean, the, the idea of, like, the montage of shots that they go into is, like, all these shots of him as a boy, like, using food as, like, a comfort right. and stuff like that. So, like... But the breastfeeding so one breastfeeding is out of place. So breastfeeding is, yes, comforting your child, but it's necessary to life, so I don't think we I'm should sure associate it with, like, bad habits. I think it's, like, <laughs> medically proven to be impossible to over-breastfeed your child as long as, like that's what they're having exclusively yeah Yeah. um i did like though in that montage when his brother frankie pees all over his face and then they like just half-assedly wipe wipe it off a little bit and then just jam a pastry in his mouth it's still like dripping with hot piss (laughs) (laughs) um and then we go from this montage we we touch on it a little bit his relationship with his cousin um sal sal yeah salvatore um who is like sneaking him food in church when they were kids but now sal's dead so we're starting the movie at his funeral and and at this point i'm i get i get like the the whole opening credit montage and i see okay the the humor in this is that he keeps getting keeps 
gaining weight and being fed food. Right. But then we spend so much time on this grieving mother at the casket. Yeah. For so long. And there's there's not there's not any comedy to this scene. No. It's, it's just people sobbing and just dripping right. with tears. And once the mother is done going crazy and losing it, the sister starts to or yeah, Dom, another cousin. Dom's sister yeah. starts to go crazy. And and none of it like I can't tell if if they were aiming for like oh we're gonna be so over the top that it's gonna be funny but it's just sad yeah well, it's not just over the top. Sad I mean the whole I think they, this movie is just supposed to be I don't know if they were going for this but it's just a string of like Italian stereotypes yeah like excessive mourning and you know and and the and the eating and stuff like that I'm like it's just but all the screaming and crying is so like loud and abrasive for this whole funeral that it's yeah. just like none of it is played to comedic effect it's all just like ugh this is uncomfortable. I don't want to be here. The, the, the first line that I laughed at was when uh, Dom is telling, talking, it's weird to say Dom because it's both for Dom yeah. and for Dominic. Yeah, he's playing himself. Uh, when he's talking about Salvatore, he's like, he was like a mother to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I also feel like Which, they were I don't know that to... that was really a joke because they, they, they say that his mom's dead. So right. it's like he, but he, but he was like a mother to him. But he could have said brother. He could have said so many other things, but yeah. like, but like, he he makes the point though that, that it, it his, wasn't just a brotherly relationship that he was constantly feeding him and and, bringing and him that's food. what his mom did was constantly yeah. feed him and yeah. he was blaming he blames his mom for constantly feeding him and that's what Sal was also doing and he also um I, fe- I felt like they were trying to be funny when he said oh you know he always had he always had something to eat with him and she's like he always did and he's like he always did he always did he always did but they only do it like twice back and forth and yeah. I was like. If they'd have kept that going, I might have thought it was a joke. But yeah. otherwise, it just feels like the way that conversation might have actually gone. And, and to me, that is what this whole movie is. A missed opportunity for something funny to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And the so fr- many times yeah. I was just like, I could have written a joke right now to, to make this just a little bit funnier. Yeah. Did you notice the... Um... In the funeral scene, there was a the outdoor part or the interior. Both there was a uh, there was a floral clock. Yeah, like I, I didn't see that. Like there was yeah, so it was really? like a, it was a flower. <laughs> Sorry, it, was a, it was gigantic. It was huge. It was this huge flower arrangement that looked like the face of a clock, and it had a particular time on it. And I tried googling this. I don't know if this is some sort of Italian like funeral tradition or something like this, but like. I could. I don't understand why there's a clock with a time on it. Like, is this the time of death? Like, why is this? Why is there a clock of flowers yeah, at I, a funeral? I honestly didn't notice that. I think I was just too distracted by the performances. But I don't know what that would be about. I, I assumed time of death. But why would you want to create a like giant... commemorate that? Yeah, commemorate yeah. that in flowers. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I, every every culture has their own funeral traditions. But like this was one I had never yeah. seen before. The the first shot that I feel like had a blatant joke in it was the exterior. Yeah, which is a pretty high up like. Yeah, it's got a crane it, shot. Yeah, down it's a, it's of a crane the shot casket. overhead, and the casket looks like it's huge. So like a normal casket would be like. Ben Hur's aspect ratio, mm-hmm. like a two point seven six situation, but this is just straight up four three. Like <laughs> it's television a standard, it's enormous. Depth. And uh, and the hole in the ground is a regular hole, and there's <laughs> one like pretty. I'm pretty sure it's an eighty yard line where someone just says, "Goddamn box is too big for the hole." <laughs> Well, they have it like tilted at an angle like, yeah, off so the side it, of the hole. To like, accentuate it's just how not, it will not fit. It's just not going to fit. Well, <laughs> and when the procession's driving, they have it being pulled on like the back of a of a 
trailer yeah. rather than inside the, yeah. the hearse. It's because there's no hearse that's going to yeah. hold it. It's like Freddy LaFart from uh, Last Action Hero. Last <laughs> Action Hero. <laughs> that was his name, right? Freddy LaFart? Something, something LaFart. Yeah, it was something like that. It was like he's going to... And the triggering was pulling his finger. Yeah. Leo LaFart is going to pass gas one more time. And that was going to set off the, the gas bomb inside of him at the at the fake La Brea Tar Pits. You know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, we cut right from the funeral to uh, he's making breakfast for his brother Frankie in his apartment. He keeps trying to give him bread. Yeah. I don't like bread. I like, like You bread. like bread. I don't like bread. Um, there's a weird part, though, when Frankie leaves. and Dom... I didn't know if you saw this, too. I don't Dom... know if it's just the right? YouTube video or okay. if it's the film print. Yeah. It, 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 Dom starts eating, but then it loops him back and forth like two or three times. Oh, yeah. yeah it, rocks, just it rocks chewing. the shot because he, he, they didn't have enough footage I, I honestly, to cover it. There's a few times in this movie that I think they were just stretching for time. Mm. Well, even that whole like the, even the whole montage at the beginning, there was just a lot of moments. Uh, and I know the '80s editing was different too. Yeah, it's true, but there was just a lot of moments where we just freeze frame and hold things. But he literally goes to turn on the radio, and it's playing some commercial about some strawberry dessert thing, and he's just mo- rocking back and forth in a seat, and it's clearly just playing forward and backward over and right. over again. Um, and this is at least the only way we could find this movie was on YouTube, so it might be like from some like you know formatted to fit your tv screen version of the movie but i think that they they literally just rocked the shot because because they added the audio later and they or didn't like, realize how long the audio was that or they, they wanted the shot there. longer and like a boom dipped into it and they were like okay well we'll just roll back and forth on this part yeah um i had to watch it two times like yeah I, we, we I, backed it up too yeah i was like whoa what was that yeah because it's like you see that so often and usually it's with like some weird music or, or or some weird animals reaction shot where they couldn't get oh, the yeah. animal to behave so they just <laughs> yeah. looped it back and forth like the yeah. animals so the dog's shaking or those robots on MacGyver that MacGyver episode oh <laughs> <laughs> they only designed it to turn one way so they just played it reverse <laughs> um but yeah uh so after that he uh Dom goes downstairs is it like it's the same building right his sister lives downstairs with her family, or like they're in. Yeah, I they think yeah, they think they live in some kind of some like kind a, of larger house. Yeah, it like seems like house. sort of like an apartment esque building where yeah. he's got a section of it and they have a section of it. Yeah, but it's a little like unclear. a duplex type thing. Yeah, um, but on the street it just looks like stoops. Yeah, but he goes downstairs to to see the rest of his family, and uh, he's like pretending to shoot guns with his nephew mm-hmm. and his, his nephew is like oh yeah my teacher said i could bring these guns to school today <laughs> so oh, that's, 80s. that's something that's changed a little bit um and i think we were we were also talking about i at first i was like did he lose weight for this role and i realized like no, i think this is just before he got really big yeah like in his later work like this is actually the thinnest I've seen, Dom. Well, it's a movie about him being right. an overeater. It's about him being fat. And it was like, he's actually pretty thin in this film. Yeah. And in fact, he's, you know, by far the thinnest of all the people who are called fat in this movie. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, then he, so he leaves the their house and, and walks down the street to the shop that he runs. It's a, a I guess I would call it a stationary store, but I guess it's purely just like, cards and gift gift wrappings right. and things oh, like that. Oh, but he does see Lydia on the way there. So, yeah. he's walking oh, from his sister's such house to Such an awkward moment. Yeah. He goes to <laughs> he goes to like get some street meat from a vendor 
and uh, he's holding this hot dog up to his mouth and then he notices Lydia this girl and she's just cleaning a circle in the middle of the her storefront window mm-hmm. so the whole rest of it is like all fogged up but there's just a circle where her head is which I think is supposed to look like she's like haloed in like this majestic right. light but um, he's just staring at her for a while and then he decides he's going to eat his hot dog anyway and then he goes to work yeah well okay but that wasn't what that moment really was it was I'm going to eat it I'm not going to eat it I'm going to eat it I'm not gonna eat it. It's like he was embarrassed. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like he's embarrassed, but like literally they held on that moment for a very awkwardly long time and it never really had a... But this wasn't rewinding and playing. But it never really had a funny payoff. Like it was just like, you know, they they held on it for a long time. I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna eat it. And then he walked on. But like it didn't really, it didn't really read as funny. Yeah. (laughs) So he gets into work um, and there's a woman looking for uh, a birthday card for her son. Yeah. Well, I, li- I like how passive-aggressive she is. Yeah. It's like, oh, for a moment I thought it was you who died. Yeah, because they had a sign in the window that said death in the family. So, like, the store wasn't open yet. Yeah, yeah. But now they're back from the funeral. He's ready to run the shop. And she's like, oh, I thought it was you. And he's like, no, it wasn't me. I'm fine. Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. And then uh, and then she's like, oh, so it was your sister then. And it's like, no, it wasn't my sister either. It was my cousin that died. But uh, it's okay. The store's open and I'll help you find a card. And she she just wants a, a birthday card for her son. And he keeps, like, accidentally reading these super sad, like, I miss you so much, son. I wish you were here with me now. Like, that are clearly, like, sorry for your lost cards. Well, I think it's interesting that she presumes, and I guess he does, know what all the cards in his store say. Like, yeah. he's like, oh, I know. There's one over here that's about, you know, sons that are far away. Right. Well, and the woman here playing her, the character's name is Mrs. Goodman, um, but this is Estelle Reiner, mm-hmm. who is the the wife of Carl Reiner, mother of Rob Reiner, who, and, and good friend of Mel Brooks. Right, good mm-hmm. friend of Mel Brooks, and also sense. has the famous line in uh, When Harry Met Sally. I'll have what she's having. Well, I think this is like a funny moment in the store that well. I mean, it's not really funny. It's actually quite cruel because she basically goes on to tell him that oh, your cousin was too fat. You right. know, while he's sitting there like sobbing, just like, oh, he's fat, you know, like that. Well, she does say like, you know, I'm sorry to say it, but I think he was too fat or or like she does preface it with like a semi-apology. You can't just say I'm sorry and then say terrible things. She's like, you know what happened? I think he was too fat. And he's like, yeah, but, yeah, I think you're right. But she also will later will say that you can't be afraid of the word fat. Right. Yeah. That, that is her whole spiel. She's trying yeah. to pitch him on this. It's like a chubby combination like, of Weight Watchers and Alcoholics Anonymous called Chubby Checkers. Like, oh, you're grieving. <laughs> Let me try to sell you on this, you know, this. I, I did like, though, when she says, have you ever heard of Chubby Checkers? And he's like, the singer? She's <laughs> like, the program. Yeah. And then this weird woman named Malooch comes in who has uh, one eye and no teeth. No teeth. <laughs> and she just comes in to take people's numbers to buy them lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. That's her whole character arc. Yeah. <laughs> she does nothing else in this movie. Well, and that she might get her teeth uh, yeah, and she, then get her glasses fixed. Because she's yeah. like taking money off the top of people's lottery uh, winnings or yeah, something. Yeah, but they uh, seem glad to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, oh, Malooch. And uh, yeah, so she takes their money and leaves. She gets the, the numbers from, from Dom and from Antoinette. Um then and, and Antoinette is played by Anne Bancroft. I don't right, know if we mentioned yes, that. Yeah, his sister so. Antoinette is is being played by the writer director of the film, um, who is very mad at him because she thinks he's like 
still eating too much and he keeps forgetting to go to the diet doctor that she wants to set him up with because she thinks that he's going to die too but um he tells her he's very much alive and he to prove it he starts dancing and singing with her and the song that he's singing is actually the score to the film Mm. um but then she starts dancing and and making the weirdest sounds she's crazy (laughs) And I, I actually she really think goes that, whole hog into this film. <laughs> yeah, I think some of her screams are getting repeated. Like it seems like there's like stuff that plays and then it plays right, again, right. which is you know going along with the theme of there's so many parts of this movie that feel artificially extended. But yeah, so they're dancing around as he's just like vocalizing the theme song of the movie, um, and then suddenly he like it gets short of breath and like almost passes out, and then he's like, okay, I'm serious, I'm going to go to that doctor now. So then we have a scene of the doctor's office where the doctor's like smoking a cigarette while he's talking to him. Yeah, every he's just constantly coughing and hacking as he's smoking the cigarette. But again, there's so many missed opportunities. Like they do one sight gag with the reflexes. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so you did one gag, but there was some like when he's on the scale and she's like keeps pushing it over, it would have been such a great opportunity. Like she keeps pushing it over, over, over. Then she has to slide all the way back to move the next one. Yeah. And then she keeps moving it. You could have her do and that, then he like just shoves of, a bunch of them over. Yeah, just, like, just okay. Okay, let's yeah. just get this over with. Yeah, because yeah. nothing happens. She just moves it over, and then she gets the weight. And they they have like, I I hate to say it, like the least funny proctology scene I've ever seen. Either. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just bends over and he's like, no, no, I'm not constipated. No, I don't have diarrhea right now. No, and it's just like none of this is funny. This where's the Moon River? You know? Yeah. So. He sees the doctor, and uh, the nurse basically gives him a huge list of everything that Italian people eat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that you can't don't eat, eat any this. of this. Um, yeah. And it's like slow pushing in on his face as a tear is like rolling down his cheek. Um, I mean, I think that the list was a, a little weird too. Though. Sure, some of it, and and maybe it's just that our our dietary standards have changed since the eighties. That's one thing that I really like in the movie Her when they're getting into the into the elevator with um with the main guy and he's like no 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 you steam your vegetables you you blend your fruits or something like that and it's like see they're they're finding out now that all the nutrients and it's just like i love that in a hundred years we'll be having these same dumb conversations where it's like no 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 it turns out we've been doing it wrong for all of recorded history and now the way you're supposed to do it but she's like don't eat canned fruits don't eat dried fruits and it's Mm -hmm. like what is what's wrong with dried fruits (laughs) Like, well, is that worse than a regular fruit? Yes. It's concentrated sugar. It's processed sugar. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. But, like, she actually said don't eat any fruits except grapefruits. So it was yeah. like, what? No fruits? I think fruits are okay in moderation. Right. And she says no grapes, but she has a, a bowl full of grapes right there in the right, room Right, as with an them. example of what you can eat. Um, so we cut to him back at the house making food for Frank again, but this time... On his side of the table, it's like a big kale salad. Yeah. It's just the go-to joke of, like, food I don't want to eat. Kale. Broiled chicken. Yeah. And he's just looking at it like he's disgusted. And he's basically, like, cutting off a big hunk of bread for Frankie because that's what he wants to eat. So he's just making the plate he wants to be eating on the opposite side. Right. But Frankie doesn't like bread. Yeah. And he's told him this many times. So without even saying anything, he just picks it up and throws it on the ground. Smacks it at him. Uh, and his brother is uh, played by Ron Carey, who's, again, a Mel Brooks Another Mel regular. Brooks uh, History of the World, High Anxiety. Uh, so he's, he's you know, High Anxiety. I forget that Mel Brooks was making so many movies even in the At 70s. At the same time, yeah. Uh, but uh, He's also Pat in Johnny Dangerously. I don't know who that is, but I'm assuming it's just a member of the game. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, uh, but uh, I've always liked the character uh, Brophy in High Anxiety. Okay. Who's like the, the the chauffeur kind of assistant to Mel Brooks at the mental hospital. Yeah. Who's always like trying to like comfort Mel Brooks. Yeah. Like it was like, oh sure, it was probably just that, probably just that. And as he walks away, it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, they put Dom in charge of going to get the birthday cake for their son right it's like the guy who they're all complaining that he eats too much and they're like go down to the cake shop and get a birthday cake for our kid specifically his sister's child and she's the one that has had the most complaints about his weight it's like okay go stand in a shop full of sweets pick up a birthday cake and bring it back here i mean you could argue that she's challenging him to like deal with this situation but at the same time it's like it's just mean yeah it just feels cruel to make him do it and then He's so on his way back with the cake, he like eats some of it, right? Well, yeah, yeah well, they slice. show up and there's just a slice missing from it. It's like, you yeah. ate the Oni. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, go get another cake. Like, you're in charge of this. Go get another one. And he's like, well, what are you going to do with that one? He's like, I'm going to do this. And just starts smashing it on the counter. There's so many moments where she just goes like full out for this film. Like, yeah. Like, she is just over the top with her I feel like choices. <laughs> there might have at the time been an audience that went nuts for this. But it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't now. Um, but I feel like this maybe maybe it's just a matter of like the time difference that this was really really funny then, or it was obvious that they were trying to be over the top. Whereas now it just reads like these people are just mentally handicapped. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know why you keep sending him to go get the cake. Um, so he decides he's gonna join Chubby Checkers. Right. Uh, before that, though, he meets uh, Lydia. Right, at she the, comes at, into the store because she needs she needs wrapping paper, or she ordered wrapping paper that never arrived, or it wasn't going to come fast enough. Right, right. And then she's trying to describe what kind of wrapping paper she wants, and they don't keep all the wrapping paper in the same place in the store. It's like every other corner. Yeah. So he keeps going like, "Oh, well, we have this stuff over here. Oh, well, we have this over here." And then she's like, "Well, no, I was hoping for something like this." And then Antoinette's like, "Oh, we got a bunch of that in the back. I'll go get it." And, uh, and she's gone for a very long time, so they get yeah. a chance so they to like a, sit down they and can talk. chit-chat for a little bit. But, uh, you know, they discover that they're both Catholics. Right. There's a lot of really, the, again, more awkward pauses here where she says something to the extent of like, you remind me of my father. And then he says, oh, yeah? And she says, I loved my father. And he says... You loved your father. Yeah. And just stares at her for like so eight creepy. full seconds. <laughs> and nobody says anything. And they're just smiling back yeah. and forth at each other. And I was like, cut this. This is ridiculous. But, but also, like, I don't even know what they're implying by that line. Like, is does she have daddy issues? Is like, Well, it's a movie. So every female has daddy issues. Uh, like, is he think this is a good thing or does he think it's a bad thing? Like his judging from his read, initial reaction, I don't know. He's he thinks it's a good thing. He thinks it's a good mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Okay. Like, oh, I'm like your father, and therefore you'll like me yeah. in a sexual way. Right. But then we kind of cut to. Well, first she because she's pointing out that she has the necklace. Mm-hmm. It's she that's how they to, like have him oh, yeah. kiss it, which is yeah. just like also is that awkward thing? and weird. Is that a thing that I people mean, do? I think that kissing like. You know, religious relics and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a thing. Is it for good luck or something? She's just like, oh, you notice my Jesus? You want to kiss it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I want to kiss your cleavage, Jesus. And then he like <laughs> leans forward to kiss it. And right as his sister comes out with all the wrapping yeah, paper, so they have to stop. Um, but then we just cut immediately to him delivering the actual right, right. 
stuff to well, her store. Well, I thought store. it was weird that she like she came there because she needed stuff immediately because she ordered stuff and it wasn't going to get there in time. And like I get it, it's not like Amazon like you're not going to get stuff tomorrow. Yeah. But he offered to bring stuff on Wednesday. I don't know what day of the week it currently is. Yeah. But like presumably I'm at, Wednesday is a couple days away. Yeah, because otherwise he would have said tomorrow. R- right, exactly. So it's got to be a few days away. And it's like, didn't you order some? And do you really think you're going to need 10 rolls until your next order comes? Yeah. We, we should also mention that this Lydia character looks like she's wearing like a Harpo Marks wig <laughs> yeah. the whole time. I just thought it was an interesting choice. Well, it, it it she reminded me of like a bleached blonde Bernadette Peters from uh, The Jerk. Honestly, it reminded me more that. of like Estelle Getty. <laughs> she, she's not like she's. I wouldn't call her like an extremely attractive woman. She's not like, conventionally attractive. No, and I think they did that to pair her with Dom. Oh, okay. Because if if a man had directed this movie, it would have just been like a supermodel, and it was like, out, oh, right? you look like, like every my father movie now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so he takes all the wrapping paper to her store on the Wednesday, and they realize they have all this other stuff in common. Too much other stuff. It's too many. I thought weird. Is she his sister? (laughs) Yeah, I I thought they were going that way at some point because she's like, wait a minute, both of our parents are dead. We both have a little brother named Frankie. We're both like at least half Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's just a just a weird coincidence. And she runs this little antique shop, and she knows the name of everything that's in there, just like he knows every card in his store. Right. Oh, connections. So the things that she shows him, like they start realizing the the coincidences that they have in common when she picks up a big bottle of like she just calls it Polish water. This is a what bottle of mean? Polish water. Um, but he's like, "Oh, you're Polish." I'm Italian. Like, <laughs> we'll fit together like Polish and Italian people. Um, but then the one thing that when they're realizing all these coincidences, she's holding a candle snuffer outer. I don't. I don't think that's the right term. Well, that's what she calls it. Um, but yeah, and then uh, it was really weird because when they're talking about it, and he says, "Oh yeah, what? So your mom's dead too, right?" And she says, "Yeah." What about you? And he says, "Yeah." And then like six seconds later, he goes dead (laughs) and then they just stand there and look at each other for a while until the scene's over again oh the candle snuffer as they're actually called was invented in 1776 like i feel like that should be older than that i I would think so too actually (laughs) if only we had some way of putting these candles out just gotta let them burn (laughs) there's no such invention so then we are at the first official meeting of for Dom for the Chubby Checkers. Right. Uh, and it's just a bunch of people yelling fat. Yeah, it, like it's supposed to start with like, I am fat, or people acknowledging their own fatness, yeah. but it devolves into people just chanting the word fat and there's to one get girl, comfortable with it. Yeah, some girl is crying in the yeah, background. She's like not ready to admit it or yeah. doesn't want to say the word. And Dom is like just barely getting into it, but there's people just shouting it like they're at an italian funeral just excitedly shouting the word fat over and over again the guy running the whole thing looks like gene shallot and norm peterson had a baby <laughs> yeah. that's basically all we get from this meeting right other than he gets yeah. a list of phone numbers to call if you well, yeah and he gets that guy who was leading the meeting's phone number right he's that that is him and his i guess his son yeah or or his or friend, friend or assistant. Of, yeah, yeah or his sure. chubby checkers 
And so they lock up all the food at Dom's house. Yeah, with, instead with of chains. just getting rid of all their crappy food, they yeah. literally just put chains up to hold all the cabinets closed. And uh, But Dom DeLuise has a moment of weakness in the night and pulls a gun on his brother. <sighs> yeah, this, this movie yeah. makes a hard left. Like, <laughs> one moment, we, and we have, like, another, like, funny bit. He's like just about to fall asleep and he turns on the tv to get like a little something entertaining and it's just food commercial after food commercial mm-hmm. after food commercial and then suddenly he's just shouting at his brother with a gun with to a his, gun head. In his head yeah. and he chases him into the kitchen he's like give me the keys to the cabinets give me the key and he's like that's that's your nephew's gun that's not real and he's like all right this is real and he grabs <laughs> this like 10 inch knife yeah and he's just like give me the keys now and they look like he's like he's literally that crazy that he's gonna right that he's gonna kill him and later in the scene, on. we find out he ate an entire pizza like six hours ago by himself. A large pizza yeah. six hours ago. And he's already hungry enough to murder his younger brother for the keys to his kitchen cabinet. And the scene goes on for a really long time. And, and it, the, the knife changes hands a couple like times. It's not, it's not funny. Like, it's really kind of no, like it's horrifying. legitimately terrifying. Especially when he's like, breaks down like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And then his brother puts the knife down and he picks it up again. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, like how can you believe him any of the future times in the scene that he stops? But see, I think what that scene needed was a few more of those. Because then it becomes funny and absurd. Yeah. Right now it's just scary. It just felt yeah. very real. Because cause when the brother gets it, he's like, oh yeah, now I got the knife. You know, like, it's like, he's like, oh, I'm, your brother. Brother. I'm so sorry. Oh, and then they both start crying. Then he grabs the knife again. And it, and you just think, that needs to happen at least one, yeah. one more change. Yeah. Because then it's absurd and funny that they keep dropping the knife and apologetically hugging each other only to draw the knife no, again. No, you know what they say. Comedy comes in twos. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so he decides, okay, we got to call your chubby checkers. Um, and so he, he phones up the chubby checkers. He says, I'm his little brother. You got to come down here. You got to help us. And they say, okay, go boil some water. Yeah. Because it's like, time. okay, why am I going to boil water? And he's like, they said you got to drink hot water. It's like, I don't think you should drink boiling water. <laughs> um, but then he admits like, yeah, I, I literally, I after I left her store earlier today, I didn't have the guts to ask her out, so I ordered a large pizza and sat and ate it by myself. Mm. It's like, earlier today I did that, and then I just tried to murder you. Um, <laughs> then, when the chubby checkers get there, they all just get like, they sit in a circle with their watering mouths talking about... Well, they're trying to like console each other, and you know, and for some reason to do that, they start talking about like all of their favorite foods. Right, but these are supposed to be like experts at weight loss that would know yeah. better than to have this conversation. Right, like isn't this guy like in charge of the group? Right. But also earlier when uh, Mrs. Uh, Goodman was in the store telling them about chubby checkers she's like eating snacks the whole time she's doing it mm. she's like oh it's so great you just gotta and it's like clearly this whole thing is a scam because yeah. none of these people are really into it but but i like the I, li- I did like this bit where while they're talking they keep asking for progressively more and more stuff to be put in their hot water like yeah hey, want lemon. Couple, yeah, lemon like, you want like, a lemon in there and he's like, like could you just squeeze an orange in there yeah. <laughs> it's like how about a honey just just a drop i'll take a drop of honey it's like and he's like, where's the honey? And it's it just like, keeps the getting honey's more honey's in the cabinet. I can't... Uh, but then Gene Shalit goes crazy and rips all the cabinet doors off. <laughs> and then it's just a hard cut to an overhead shot of them just cooking yeah. everything that they have. And Dom's the- on the phone ordering, like, delivery ice cream and yeah. donuts. Like, I don't know who they're calling at 3 a.m. that's delivering ice cream and donuts. Yeah. 
Definitely not Instacart like yeah, back then. So wh- who's Eats. getting them all of this food? Yeah. Who's enabling this? Um, but then the the party slowly fizzles out as everyone's food comas take over. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frankie tells Antoinette what's going on. So she's like watching them through the door. But the, both of them are like, oh, this is so funny that this is happening. Yeah, it's they're, like, they're this laughing. is supposed to be a family tragedy. And you guys are cracking up about him relapsing and doing this terrible stuff to I, his body. I, I think that we weren't supposed to see them smiling. I think that they, they were just forgot to, be... to cut, but they were like, we have to use every frame I shot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that. Sometimes twice. That, <laughs> I think that they were supposed to be looking concerned, but they broke halfway yeah. down the stairs. But then, you know, they just just kept going with it yeah because she's clearly laughing just blatantly laughing at how ridiculous this is that this has happened to him again um that he's killing himself that her her brother is dying and that's pretty funny to her but she she runs into lydia she decides she's gonna go get lydia out of her store and drag her into his bedroom to embarrass him right but he even asks like oh did you know when she brings it brings him in it's like oh did she did she tell you what's like why I'm sick and you know and she's like yeah so it's like she she knows everything that's going yeah. on but she also she brought the the snuffer outer to his bedroom which I thought she was going to say something about like don't snuff out your life or something like that yeah but the there's no, like, no symbolism to it literally useless. just brought you a tiny cone on a stick because I'm weird um she tries to comfort him for a while and she's like, look, I understand what you're going through. Let's go eat a bunch of Chinese sausage at a fair. And he's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, because then it's just a montage of, of dates. Him on dates for a while, yeah. eating. Yeah. And eating in front of his sister. Like, suddenly nobody cares that they're going on dates and eating constantly. We do see a little malooch at the street fair collecting mm-hmm. money from people buying their lottery tickets. Yeah, there's some weird moments in the in like the dating montage though that it's just like you know how they had the the sort of creepy awkward moments of all the things that they had in common. Well, they sort of extended that here where they're like making out and plotting which mass they're going to the next day. Yeah, you know, and it's like, oh, we're gonna go to this one. It's like, oh no no, that's a high mass. We don't want to go to that one. And he also keeps winning prizes for her at all the booths. Like he's just like, oh, I got you. This stuffed animal and this hat and this big dinosaur from a booth that my brother is inexplicably running all of a sudden. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they get all the way back to her house and they're very lovey-dovey. Um, and did you see the shot in that montage too where they're like making out in front of like just a pile of rubble like in the street? Yeah, a like, destroyed what? building. Yeah, like what was that? There's also one where they're completely blocking the stairwell to like just some apartment complex. It's not the building that he lives in and it's not her building. The next day, he's talking to Frank, or he's he's like getting dressed in the morning, and he realizes that his clothes feel bigger on him. And he's like, "Oh, where'd you get these clothes? They don't fit me right." Like, it's like that's oh, the same clothes I always get you, because he's actually losing weight apparently somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he's hasn't changed his eating habits, he's still just eating with her all the time. Um, but he shows him this ring that he got her, because he decides he wants to. He wants to propose to her and i liked the joke that the ring was the mineral was appetite yeah that was funny. yeah but then it's appetite and marcusite which like his name's not marcus like <laughs> i don't understand the point of including marcus i just just give her an appetite ring that's the joke yeah but um but he can't reach her 
because apparently his plan was to propose to her over the phone. Well, I, well, well he he was going to call her because he was running late because he couldn't decide what to wear. Oh, okay. Um, but then she didn't pick up. Right. And so he went down there, but there was no sign of her. Yeah. And now he's, he's looking all over. Meanwhile, a bunch of families just gathering like at Antoinette's house. A, oh, your girlfriend's gone missing. Let's have a party. Well, do they? I think the only person that knows that she's missing is Frankie. Yeah. Everyone else is just like, we got a bunch of people. Uh, who should we get to go pick up all the food? How about that fat guy who we keep picking on for being fat and eating all the food that he picks up for us? So they tell Dom, like, here's a... And this is the second from 1980 so far to refer to Chinese food with a slur for Chinese people. And so he collects this huge, like, $40 Chinese food order, which I guess $40 was a lot of Chinese food in 1980. Yeah, I, think I mean... $40 is a lot of Chinese food now. So in 1980... That was a lot. Well, I mean, it was two big foods. Did you notice, though, when he, like, two big brown bags worth of food in his arms, none of the takeout containers were closed? They were literally all open in the top of these brown bags as he was walks out of the restaurant Was before or after he broke down and ate them, though? No, it was before. Like, literally when the guy, he was in the restaurant, he's like, oh, what's this? And it's like, oh, it's the, the Chinese sausage. And it's like, oh, What did he say good. there? I heard the word Chinese sausage, but then he says words after that. And I couldn't hear what he said. And then Dom repeats him and is even more like mushmouthed. Like I couldn't hear. I heard him say Chinese sausage, but that was all I heard. Oh, I, I thought he just said something like, oh, that smells good or something. Yeah. That smells good. What's that? The Chinese sausage is nasi sapa. But then he takes out these big brown bags full of containers that are all open. And I'm like, if these bags are all full of food, are all of these containers open or just the ones on the top not yeah, closed? It's just lazy prop work. But then he just gets in the car and cries the whole way back to the apartment because he doesn't know where Lydia is and she's not getting back to him. Um, and he eats all the food and pulls over and like throws his bags in some yeah. alley to like hide the evidence. But it's like, no, you're, you're showing back up in an apartment without two bags of food that you were supposed to bring in. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence, evidence here that is, that's a problem. <laughs> also, he apparently walked in and just threw his keys down the hall to outside. He of laid their... them down gently yeah, outside laid... their door but and it's then like, went upstairs. What was the point of that? To give the guy his car keys back. I don't think it was his car. Yeah, he borrowed. He borrowed a guy's car. Okay. Well, it just seemed weird to me that he, like, left them on the floor there. Well, and that was a kind of weird moment, too, because they come out, and I was like, oh, did he leave the car there and then, like, went to a bridge to, like, jump off it? No, he's just upstairs being sad in the dark. Yeah. And I, th- I thought that, like, uh, it would have made more sense if it was like, no, 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 I didn't eat all the food. I'm just really sad because I can't find Lydia and all the food's in the car. I just couldn't bring myself into the room or something like that. But no, they were just like, no, he just has another relapse and eats all the food. Yeah. And there's no consequence for right. it Right, but anything. then his sister goes upstairs and finds him up there. And then, like, in the dark up there, with she starts rod. hitting him with, like, a switch. Yeah. Like, like well, another moment where she goes, like, full bore, like, just going to town and hitting him really hard with a switch. I'm like, this is this is a little excessive. You're- and then the moral to this whole scene seems to be, guess what, guys? I'm fat and I eat a lot. And you guys just have to deal with it. Right, you have to accept me for that. And once again, as Jesse pointed out, really not that fat. Yeah, he's he's maybe overweight. I don't think he's... I wouldn't say fat. Well, maybe he's 1980s standards fat, but like nowadays, he's average. Well, now he's very skinny. Oh. He's all skin and bones. <laughs> well, no skin, I guess. The, after he finally reveals, actually, you guys just need to leave me alone and let me eat things and be fat. And then Lydia calls. 
Yeah. And it turns out that her brother cut his finger off or something. Right. And she had to be with him in the hospital. For, for a blood transfusion. And he's been in a coma or or unconscious. And uh, that's why she's been incommunicado is because she had to give blood for her brother. Right. And, and cell phone. This is obviously before cell phones. So. Right. Yeah. And then uh, they, he goes to meet her at the hospital where she asks him to meet her. And they go on a little walk through the hospital and they walk past a nursery. Oh, and they get a, excited to look at the babies. There's a fat baby. Uh-huh. Yeah. And a nurse just picks it up and points it at them like it's <laughs> yeah. their baby. Like, why are you picking that baby up and pointing like, it? Because she's like, hey, check out this fat look baby. At, <laughs> honestly. It's a record. That, that actually makes more sense. Like, holy shit, guys. Look at this fat baby. Well, well, well. <laughs> Laugh I, at it. I think the joke is that... that Oh, you here's could a have fat, one of these. Here's a fat guy. This must be this his must baby. be his baby. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, I can see that actually being the joke. Um, but then he like whispers in her ear to propose to her. Yeah. They, well, we don't have any of their audio for yeah. this moment. He just so literally leans you know, in her ear assume. and whispers something, and then she goes, "Yeah, yes, yeah, I will," or something like that. And they freeze frame. Right, and then they cut to a bunch of pictures of them. Like with children, like right. growing throughout the years, but it just—I mean—I feel like this is a really weird way to end it because, it, you know, like, like you said, the moral that we got to at the end is like, just accept me for who I am. I'm fat, and and it wasn't like he changed for her, no. he turned his life around mm. because of like their. But relationship honestly, or... I felt like I was getting that message a lot earlier in the film, even when like she says something along the lines of like, "It seems like the harder I try, the worse things get," and it's like. Yeah, it does seem like that. It seems like when he can eat cake to his heart's content that he's a very nice guy. Mm -hmm. And when you only give him one whole pizza a day, he tries to murder his own siblings. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's about learning to love yourself. Yeah, which he comes to terms with at the end. And he says, literally when they're in the hospital, she says like, I love you. And he's like, yeah, I do too. (laughs) Like Like he loves himself. Well, I, I mean, I kind of disagree with the the IMDb like summary where it's like he meets this girl and he has to choose between food and love, and it's like she never so, made him yeah, choose. She, she never really cared. She like, does tell him when they first meet, like you should take care of yourself if if like you have right. obesity related death in your family. About but her own she doesn't diabetes. say like let's go get salads. She says let's go get Chinese sausage, whatever <laughs> that even means. I've never heard of Chinese sausage. You haven't heard of Chinese sausage. You haven't lived. Anyway, if you're not familiar with Dom DeLuise, <laughs> I feel like you probably are. But who knows? Maybe you're 12. Um, he was in Failsafe, directed by Sidney Lumet, which we talked about uh, in the first movie. It's the one that was like same story as Dr. Strangelove, but uh, not technically adapted Failsafe from the same is? book. Failsafe. Okay. It, it came out the same year, 64. Um, he was also in Blazing Saddles, Silent Movie, uh one year previous to this he appeared in the muppet movie yeah um and uh obviously after this he was in the cannonball runs and the smoky bandits and a lot of voice acting um and ann bancroft uh one of her first credits was on climax with an exclamation mark which is the show where they they had the first the jimmy bond prior to sean connery playing james bond the first uh live action interpretation of Ian Fleming's books was on an episode of Climax, which just adapted a different book every week or a couple every week. Wait, um, but this isn't the same as the made for TV James Bond movie, or is this the one? This is was a TV show, Climax, yeah. Okay. Climax was a series. 
and yeah. they would just do like a drama. Right, but wasn't there a made-for-TV James Bond movie? No, that it, w- it wasn't a movie. It was only it was an episode. episode. It was the length oh, of an okay. episode of and a show. So this is the one that was like the Casino Royale one. Right. It was, okay. yeah. I think it was Casino Royale, yeah. And Anne Bancroft also played Annie Sullivan in The Miracle Worker. Um, she was obviously probably most famous for Mrs. Robinson and The Graduate. She was also in Blazing Saddles and Silent Movie, uncredited. And she played Ursula von Rügen in Hindenburg. Huh. Which is a fun movie. Yeah, I like Hindenburg. And she will also come back later this year for Elephant Man, the other Brooks film right, that we right. talked about. Um, who else did we have in here that we didn't talk about? There's a character named Pat Manorino. Yeah, because uh, Rudy DeLuca, I obviously know from yeah. a lot of Mel Brooks stuff. But I don't know who he was in this movie. My guess would be the only other guy that we saw talk, which um, there's a person at the funeral at the beginning who he's trying to give flowers to put them on the coffin. And the woman has to like wrench them out of his hand because he Mm. won't let go of them. And then he's also very drunk when they ordered the Chinese food Mm -hmm. and is shouting. Um, Because Robert Costanzo uh, was also in it. And and so... uh, because another actor that i like but right um like as far as people who who had speaking parts so i don't even know if rudy had a speaking part yeah if but, he did i think that's the character that he would be but he's he's obviously he wrote a lot of mel brooks movies with yeah, mel brooks, yeah. and um he's uh in many brooks movies but i always think of him as Vinny, the assistant <laughs> to pizza the hut in Spaceballs. <laughs> Which I remember the first time I saw that movie, I was like, that's probably Bill Murray. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but it's funny because Dom DeLuise is doing the voice of right of Pizza the Hut along yeah. with Vinny. Dom DeLuise was also in uh, Johnny Dangerously because he plays the Pope, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he literally like comes to town and blesses Johnny on his way to work one day. But yeah, I think that's about it for this one. It's not, it's not terribly funny now. I mean, in terms of like, is it worth watching? No. No, probably not. Thumbs down for me. Yeah, I mean, I love Dom DeLuise and I love Anne Bancroft, but I feel like this I'm movie... I'm not going to tell people to go rent Delgo or anything. Yeah, I, I just feel like this movie was missing something. Yeah. And it was jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I also I, think, like, story-wise, there wasn't anything that was really particularly special about the story is either. Is there an example of Dom leading a movie and it being good? Because he works really, really well as a sidekick. But I yeah. can't think of something with him in the lead besides <laughs> this. Maybe he's just not the right person to be the centerpiece. Uh, I can't... I mean, I'm looking at his credits and there's a lot of credits, but I don't know everything yeah. that he's done on here. So I don't know how much of those where he was just a part of. All right. Well, why don't we go into the letterboxed? Uh, where does this go? I think it's it's definitely I would rather watch this than just tell me what you want but I'd rather watch just about anything than watch that movie again uh, so and, you're gonna go to all a good night this just tell me what you want yeah I think so I think that's the way it goes what do you think uh, yeah I guess I, it's the same for me all right I'm putting fatso on the bottom really yeah all right. wow yeah I think this is this is not not for me, and uh, it just feels uh, like kind of a mess. I'm wondering if this, which situation, which of these two situations it was, was it? 
because Mel Brooks isn't on the producers list. Right. Not he's even not a writing credit or anything. And was wondering if this was Anne Bancroft wanted to do something on her I own. I think it was a personal story for her. Right. But wouldn't you go, if you're trying to make a movie that's funny and your husband is a legendary comedy writer and director, even at this point, because he had yeah. written for Sid Caesar for a long time, wouldn't you say, hey, can you help me punch this script up? I don't think so. I don't think she would. I think that the I think the point for her was to say this is my movie that I did without his help. Mm. If people want to think of me as his wife, then that's their loss. But I can make a movie without running it by him. And I think that was probably he was like, no, do your own thing. I'm not trying to take over any creative credit for this. But it also doesn't feel like they risked a lot of money on it. It looks like the whole thing. Every every exterior is a back lot. Um, it looks like it's all the Fox lot, with and even the interiors of the shop I think are all on the Fox back lot. Mm. So I, I really don't think it cost much of anything. It, it wasn't a huge risk well, for Brooks probably, Films. Probably had everybody doing them a favor to be. I mean, she was obviously not taking a big salary. To, and maybe to do they this were and... shooting this and Elephant Man at the same time, or at least in pre production on Elephant Man. Yeah. Well, and, and again, because Mel Brooks is close friends, all involved, yeah, playing playing roles, and they're all people that she's worked with too through his films. So, right, like she obviously knew Dom personally, but like she literally put her name in the movie. Like her her um, her maiden name is DiNapoli, so that's the name that she gave to these characters in the movie. Um, so. But yeah, I think it was supposed to be about actually her and her family, or maybe her extended family. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone actually died from some obesity-related illness somewhere in in the family history. So was this supposed to be like her feature film PSA? Kind of. Because I think... then I think it's got the it's got a weird message at the end. If that's really what it was, like it's not like oh I found I found this woman who was meant so much to me that i changed my life it was no just accept me for being fat and i'll do what i'm gonna do because even in the pictures at the end like he was getting fat again yeah yeah it's a it's a weird moral based on the first two-thirds of the movie to just end it with and then he got fat again and who cares Mm -hmm. but he also like dom himself did get big again and lived a pretty full life I mean, how old was he when he died? In his seventies? Seventy-five. Seventy-five. So, that's not that's not it's not like he died at thirty-nine. Mm-hmm. Like like like, like Sal. Or I think he was. Movie. What is he? Thirty-nine or twenty-nine? I think he was thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Yeah. Because yeah. he was supposed to be thirty-nine in the movie too, right? Yeah. They were supposed to be pretty similar age. Um. But yeah, I think that's everything for this one. Um. If you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share, we are Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where, as I've said multiple times, you can also find each of our full movie rankings for the year. Please consider rating us on iTunes to help new people find the show, and if you find the time to leave us a review, we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. If you're feeling especially generous, you can support the show through patreon.com slash vintagevideopodcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing My Brilliant Career. No, not my brilliant career. The movie, my brilliant career, uh, which I think is this big sweeping Australian drama starring Sam Neill. Oh, Sam Neill. Yeah, let me just double check yep, it. Sam Neill. All right, I'm in. I knew you would be. And Judy Davis.
Ooh, Judy Davis. Yeah, she's all right. She's got Judy Davis eyes. What? That's true. I've always thought that about her. <laughs> a young independent woman who lives with her grandmother and aunt in the countryside rebels against being pressured into marriage and chooses to solely focus on having a career as a writer. Nevertheless, two suitors propose to her. We leave you now with the audio from the trailer for that film. Analysis Films proudly presents a brilliant new motion picture, My Brilliant Career. Jack Kroll of Newsweek says, Judy Davis is like a summer storm. Sam Neill is dashingly handsome. Kathleen Carroll, Daily News. My brilliant career blazes with life and vitality. Judy Davis is simply a jewel, says Cosmopolitan. A sparkling movie, a film of shining pleasure, NBC TV. This film is simply wonderful, ABC TV. A film of extraordinary appeal. You leave the film applauding her courage, strength, and hope. An exceptional work, Rex Reed. Stanley Kaufman exclaims, hurrah for them all. It's hard to imagine a film filled with more quiet integrity, intelligent passion, realistic drama, and genuine entertainment than Gillian Armstrong's My Brilliant Career, the Boston Globe. Exhilarating, says Mademoiselle. The San Francisco Herald American calls it an exuberant and exalting movie. Brilliant, a delicious pillow fight far more erotic in its connotations than most R-rated movies manage to be. Newhouse Papers. A glorious romance, the New York Times. Judy Davis could not be more appealing as the high-spirited Sibylla, her freckled face and cheerful impudence reminded me of another much-cherished actress, Katherine Hepburn, Daily News. No wonder the audience cheered. Andrew Saris, Village Voice. My brilliant career, an analysis film's release. <laughs>